0: Today we are going to continue working through, as we've talked about throughout the service, this prayer that comes to us from Jonah chapter 2, and to be able to wrestle a little bit with what it looks like for us to encounter God even in the most difficult of circumstances. And so I want you to think of a time when you have hit rock bottom in your life. It could actually be a time that you're going through right now. It could be a time that's related to lockdown and what we've gone through over the last few months Or it could be something that goes back a number of months or a number of years. But think of a time when you really would say, I felt like I was drowning. I felt completely overwhelmed. It could be related to the death of someone who was close to you, a family member or a close friend. It could be to do with losing a job or a loss of income or a loss of a significant possession. It could be a massive battle with sickness or with illness, a time when you were really struggling physically just to get by. It could be a time when you had some real challenges in a relationship, whether that's a family relationship or in a friendship setting where you just hit rock bottom because that relationship was falling apart or had fallen apart. For me, I know there's been a number of situations like that that I've gone through in my life. Uh, I think particularly of some of the times when we as a family have gone through some big transitions, and as you know, we've had some pretty big transitions in our lives. But in some of those moments, it's been really, really hard. It's been really challenging because we felt like we've done what God has asked us to do, and yet sometimes we've had those experiences where it feels like our prayers are just bouncing off the ceiling and that God's not hearing anything that we're saying. Other times it's felt completely overwhelming and we have felt like we had been drowning with the enormity of the decisions that we've been trying to work through or that we've been trying to make. So have you got a picture in your mind of a time when you were feeling that way? Because that's exactly the situation that Jonah finds himself in as he prays this prayer that we're digging into today. Remember what we talked about last week, that God had sent Jonah to go to Nineveh to talk to the Assyrians about the reality that they needed to change their ways. And instead, Jonah said, thanks, but no thanks, and headed in the complete opposite direction and hopped on a ship and tried to escape from what God had for him. In the midst of that, Jonah fell asleep in the bottom of the boat, and then this huge storm came, and ultimately he was tossed overboard. And that's the context for where these words are written. We can kind of imagine Jonah as he goes sailing through the air and then hits the water. The picture that I have is this massive stormy area. It's all dark. The waves are massive and enormous. The wind is so loud and Jonah hits the water. He's overwhelmed with all these waves crashing around him, looking around, not sure where to turn, nothing to be able to grab hold of. And then gradually, as he starts to get tighter and tighter, he just starts to sink below the waves. And it's in that moment that Jonah prays these amazing words that we've got recorded here. Imagine him praying this as he's beginning to just lose grip of reality and lose grip of life. In trouble, deep trouble, I prayed to God and he answered me. From the belly of the grave, I cried, help. You heard my cry. You threw me into the ocean's depths, into a watery grave. With ocean waves, ocean breakers crashing over me. I said, I've been thrown away, thrown out, out of your sight. I'll never again lay eyes on your holy temple. Ocean gripped me by the throat. The ancient abyss grabbed me and held me tight. My head was all tangled in seaweed. At the bottom of the sea where the mountains take root. I was as far down as a body can go, and the gates were slamming shut behind me forever. We can picture just the sense of hopelessness that Jonah got as he cries out to God to say, "I am drowning, literally drowning. I feel overwhelmed. This is it. I feel like I have sunk to rock bottom, and there's nowhere left to go. Can you sense the turmoil that's inside. Of Jonah. Now it's interesting because what he says in verse 3 is, you threw me into the ocean depths. It's kind of saying, God, you're the one who tossed me overboard and made me end up in this situation. And we unpacked this a bit last week and we talked about the reality that, no, Jonah is where he is because of the choices that he made. Because of his choice to be disobedient, because of his choice to walk away from God's best, and because of his choice to involve the sailors in tossing him overboard. And it's a good reminder that we have to be really careful that when we find ourselves in difficult situations, we don't default to blame God for the things that have happened, especially when it's a byproduct of our own choices. Now, we want to recognise there are times definitely where we end up in situations that are really, really hard, that have nothing to do with us. It's not because of choices that we've made. But on a regular basis, if we're honest with ourselves, a lot of the hard situations we find ourselves in are related to choices that we have made. Either the physical choices and the decisions that we've made, or the decisions about the ways in which we've responded to the situations that we find ourselves in. And sometimes we actually need to hit rock bottom in order to really come to grips with what's going on. Sometimes we need to hit that place where we feel completely overwhelmed, where everything is taken away from us so that we can see God and we can hear God clearly. Sometimes we need that space to be able to recenter, to be able to recalibrate to be able to refocus, to be able to reconnect with God. But what happens here is that we see this turn, which happens so much in the Psalms of Lament and in Jonah's prayer, in the second half of verse 6, where we read these words, yet God. In other translations, it will say, but God. These two amazingly profound words. I was in this situation, yet God, or but God. Jonah says, yet you pulled me up from that grave alive, O God, my God. When my life was slipping away, I remembered God and my prayer got through to you, made it all the way to your holy temple. Jonah says, it looked like all was lost. It looked like it was over. It looked like I was going to be overwhelmed that ultimately I was going to drown. But God, you showed up. We remember at the end of chapter 1 that God sends the fish to swallow Jonah so that he is rescued. He doesn't end up drowning. He's saved by God's miraculous intervention. But as Jonah then comes to grips with that, as he hits rock bottom, he recognises that actually God was with him the whole time, that God's faithfulness was there for him, that God's love, God's care was there for him all the way through it. So it's a good question for us to ask ourselves when we go through difficult situations. Do we see them as punishment? God's punishing us because we've chosen to walk away from his best. Do we see it as God withholding things from us because until we get ourselves sorted out, he's not going to work for us? Or do we sense that God is actually with us, even in the midst of us choosing to walk away From his best. He's always there with us, always faithful to us, always caring for us, always wanting to rescue us. That we don't find ourselves in difficult situations because God is trying to teach us a really harsh lesson. We don't find ourselves in tough situations because God is trying to punish us or withhold anything from us. But there are times when God allows us to go through those really, really hard times. Because he knows in a loving way that it's the only way that we'll be able to see things clearly. It's the only thing that will allow us to come to our senses, to be able to understand what's really going on. We've been reading through the book of Matthew in our reading plan, chapters 5, 6, and 7, the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, I have always loved Matthew chapter 5, verse 3 from the Message translations. It's one of the beatitude statements, one of the statements that Jesus makes about what living a blessed life looks like. And I love this translation of verse 3. It says, You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there's more of God and His rule. I've always found that really, really helpful because so often it takes me getting to the end of my rope before I throw myself on God. I want to try and fix things. I want to try and sort things out myself. I want to take control. And sometimes I need to hit rock bottom. I need to feel like I'm drowning and I'm overwhelmed. I need to realize that I've come to the end of my rope because it's in that moment that I finally throw myself on God and say, I can't. But you can. And oddly enough, I see God in new ways. I see God and his amazing ability to be able to change situations, but his amazing ability just to show me his faithfulness and to hold me as I go through those difficult times. Jonah then prays in verse 8, Those who worship hollow gods, God frauds, walk away from their only true love. Different translations translate this differently. This one says hollow gods. Other ones will say false gods. Your translation may say worthless idols. But all of it's saying the same thing. That's this idea of pledging loyalty to worthless deceit. There's one way that I read about it this week, which I think is really, really helpful. It's that sense of us pledging loyalty to something that promises the world but ultimately delivers nothing. This is a part of the wake-up call that Jonah has had. But he thought, if I can just escape from all of this, head over to Tarshish, end up setting myself up over there, live a nice quiet life, I won't disturb anyone, no one will disturb me, everything's going to be fine. But he realises in the midst of his turmoil that actually that's not true and that's not the best thing for him in the slightest. They promised so much but would have delivered so little. And we know that we often end up doing the same thing that we pledge loyalty to stuff that ultimately doesn't give us anything. We live in a very consumeristic society where we're bombarded with advertising that tells us if you get this new car, your life will be so much better. If you get this new house, your life will be so much better. If you finish those renovations, if you get that new TV or that new appliance, if you get this new pair of shoes, if you get these new clothes, if you get this new phone or this new gadget, your life will be so much better. And yet, when we get on the other side of that a couple of weeks or maybe a couple of months later, what do we do? We take all those things for granted. We realise that our lives really aren't that much better because of it. They promise the world but deliver nothing. And yet how often do we pledge loyalty to those things? How often do we sit down and think, well, I'll just watch one episode of my favourite show or maybe I'll binge watch another one or maybe another one because if I just watch another episode, I'll feel a bit more relaxed. I'll be able to switch off and everything will be great. But at the end of it, do we feel better? No, we feel worse. We have go-to things that we often choose. I'll just have one more piece of chocolate. I'll just have one more spoonful of ice cream. I'll just have one more coffee. just have one more whatever it might be. We think that we'll feel better if we do that. But we know afterwards that ultimately we don't. Jonah comes to this realisation that pledging loyalty to stuff that promises the world but delivers nothing is not worthwhile at all. And so he recommits himself to God. He says, I'm worshipping you, God, calling out in thanksgiving, and I'll do what I promised I'd do. Salvation belongs to God. God's loyalty to Jonah ultimately ends up creating loyalty from Jonah back to God. Jonah says, I know I've been chasing after all these other things and ultimately they're useless, they're fruitless, they're not going to do anything for me. God, you're the only one ultimately who's worth pledging my loyalty to and so I recommit myself to living the way that you want me to live, to live in a sense of full, complete relationship with you, singing songs of praise about how awesome and amazing that you are, practising gratitude, offering you all that you Deserve. And we can read into this that what Jonah's also saying is, and I'll follow through on what you've asked me to do. I will take up this mission that you've put in front of me. So, as we look at Jonah's prayer, we can see that there are kind of four main sections to it, or four main themes that Jonah unpacks. First of all, Jonah is really honest with God. Jonah takes the time to say, God, this is how I'm feeling. I'm drowning, I'm hitting the ocean depths, I feel overwhelmed, I feel like this is the end. Jonah is then also honest with himself. He has a wake-up call where he recognises the choices that he's made that's led him to this place. Jonah then realises God's faithfulness to him. He recognises that God's been with him and that God is ultimately the one who's rescuing him. And so Jonah then recommits himself to God's best. It's a beautiful picture of what a psalm or a prayer of lament can look like. And so today what we're going to do is an exercise to be able to do that for ourselves. Hopefully you've got that piece of paper that I mentioned earlier and a pen. And we're actually going to take a few minutes now to write our own prayers of lament. We're going to take the time now to be able to work through these four different areas and to be able to pour ourselves out before God. So I want you to think about, and it could be a time that you're in right now, a time where you're really struggling, and so this is going to be, yep, this is exactly how I'm feeling. Or it could be something that you're referring back to another time in your life where you were feeling like you were overwhelmed and you were drowning. We're going to take the time to be able to do those four steps. First of all, to be able to be really honest with God. Take the time, as bluntly as you want to, to say, God, I am struggling, or God, I was struggling. I felt like there was no end to this. I didn't know where you were. I felt like I was completely alone. Put your own language around that, but be really honest and genuine with God. But then take some time and be honest with yourself about the choices that you had made that may have contributed to you ending up in that situation. And again, it may not be actual choices that you made about ending up in the situation physically, but mentally, emotionally, the choices that you made to end up being in that place of darkness or to end up being in that place of darkness that you're in right now. In what ways do you need to be honest with yourself as a part of that? Thirdly then, recognise God's faithfulness. And for some of us, if we're in a really hard place right now, this might actually be a prayer that requires faith and trust and saying, God, I'm not sure that I do actually believe this, but I'm going to write these things down because I know cognitively that you're supposed to be here for me, even if I don't feel that right now. But if it is a place where you recognize that God is with you, or if it's a situation in the past and you knew that God was there and God was faithful all the way through, it takes some time to be able to express what that looks like. And then fourthly, a recommitment to God's best to say, God, ultimately, this is how I want to live my life. So take some time. We're going to have about four or five minutes to be able to take some time to do this. There'll be a countdown clock that'll come up when there's a minute left to go. Uh, so there'll be plenty of time, there'll be some background music playing. I encourage you just to take some time to write your own prayer of lament, and then we'll come back together. hope that that's been a helpful time for you and an opportunity to be able to really connect with God in a deep way. Earlier this week I reached out to Cass to ask her whether she might be willing to put one of these prayers together and to be able to share that as a part of our time and so we're going to listen to Cass's prayer now and I hope that this is an encouragement to you as well and might also help to shape you as you continue to think about what it looks like to put these things into practice. So hand over to Cass
1: lord there have been times in my life that i felt like the walls were caving in the motivation to get out of bed even felt out of reach standing in the shower for longer than normal thinking that in many ways it would be easier to simply follow the water down the drain i questioned you and maybe even blamed you a little for where i found myself i mean what sort of god allows someone to get to that place then at some point i realized it was about my own choices some of the events around those times may have been out of my control but the way I was reacting to them was totally my doing. I was so busy trying to find a place to lay blame that I failed to look at what I was responsible for. I was the one that was refusing to let the light in and letting myself be in that place. Step by step, I started to be intentional about finding motivation, realizing that I was responsible for the way I was behaving and the way I was feeling. In removing the blame, I was actually opening myself up to see the opportunity and the comfort that you had been providing all along. Since then, I have been consistently amazed by the way you have provided exactly the right thing at exactly the right time, even if I didn't immediately realize it. I take comfort in your presence. Whilst I'm okay now, I know life won't always be smooth sailing. Life challenges us in ways that we never expect. But through whatever that looks like, I know that you are with me in profound and sometimes equally unexpected ways. I trust in you. I take responsibility for my own actions, and I commit to always being open to your plans for me. Amen.
0: Thanks, Cass. Really appreciate you sharing your heart and sharing your prayer with us. Well, as we finish chapter two, we read these amazingly fantastic, disgusting words, that God ultimately had the fish vomit Jonah up onto the shore. And so that's where we're left at the end of chapter 2, with Jonah standing dripping wet on the shore, thinking about what comes next. And we're going to unpack that as we head into the next couple of weeks. But it's really good for us just to think about in that moment how Jonah must have been feeling. Everything that he's just been through, this amazing experience with God, and now he stands resolute about going and following through on the promises that he's made and what God has asked him to do. And it's good for us to recognize that Jonah needed to go through all of those things. If we think about what would have happened if God had said when Jonah was standing on the dock in Joppa, as he was about to get on the boat, God said, Ah, it's all right. Don't worry about it. I know you've walked away, but it's okay. Let's just get this sorted out. What would have happened? If God had intervened with a dream, maybe while Jonah was sleeping in the bottom of the boat, if God had intervened just before Jonah was tossed overboard, what would have happened? Do you think that that experience would have been as powerful for Jonah and that he would have made the same decisions that he ended up making here? The challenge is that even when we go through these really dark, difficult, hard situations, We get to this place where we have an incredible encounter with God. Sometimes we can be a little bit like Jonah where we make all of these promises and say, God, I'll do this if you just rescue me from this place. I will never do that again if you just rescue me from that place. And yet, a couple of weeks later, a couple of months later, we ultimately end up falling away from those things. And we're going to see that that's a part of Jonah's story over these next couple of weeks as well. While he follows through, he loses the essence of a whole bunch of things that he's just been through in this prayer experience. And so that's where I want to challenge us as we head into this week, to say what does it look like to not just walk away from what we've experienced this morning and just kind of end up falling back into other things. I hope that it's been a really powerful time of being able to connect with God, especially if you're going through a really, really hard time right now. I want to encourage us as we head into this week to think about how we can hold on to the things that we have been processing. What does it look like for me to continue to be honest and real with God as I head into this week, especially if I am in a difficult situation? Does it look like for me to take some time to journal every day and to write my thoughts down or to go for a walk with God or to go and sit somewhere in my car with God and to just say, this is how I'm feeling right now, to be really, really honest? What does it look like this week to take some more time to sit and to reflect about the choices that we have made or that we are making? But in the midst of all of that, what does it look like to hold on to recognising the faithfulness of God with us? What can I do this week that's a tangible reminder that God is with me no matter what's going on? It might be helpful to put a sticky note up on the mirror in your bathroom or to put a sticky note up somewhere in the kitchen so that every time you grab something to eat or grab a drink, you see it somewhere where you're going to see it consistently. One of the things that I use on a regular basis is to put an alarm on my phone that goes off every hour, so it's a repeating alarm, and it just goes off with a little ding, but it makes me stop and go, oh, yeah, that's right, God's here with me. And so especially when I'm struggling and when I'm in times where I'm feeling like, where are you, God, or there's a lot that's going on, I'll use that as a way of consciously bringing my mind back to say, oh, yeah, that's right, God is with me, through all of this. So as you head into this week, what's something that you can do to be able to remind you of what we've talked about this morning and to be able to carry through with the things that you're sensing God is encouraging you to do as you pursue His best? Ultimately, we want to recognise that God is faithful, that God is with us, that God is for us. Even in the most difficult situations, Even when we're feeling overwhelmed, even when we feel like we're drowning, even when we feel like we've hit rock bottom, God is always there with us. And so as we head into this week, my prayer is going to be that we can continue to pursue him and to be enwrapped by his arms as we choose to follow Jesus individually and together. Let's take some time to pray and then we'll wrap things up. God, we thank you again for Jonah's story. We thank you for the way that it helps us to be able to understand those situations in our lives where we feel like we're overwhelmed, where we feel like we are drowning, where we feel like we're at the end of our rope. We thank you that multiple times throughout Scripture we have pictures of people who are in that place and who are able to be really brutally honest with you. We thank you that you're a God that is willing to hear our authentic cries to you that we don't have to pretend that everything's fine when it's not. We can come to you and be real and vulnerable, authentic and honest. We're grateful for that. We thank you too that you are faithful to us, that you care for us and that you're with us, even in the most difficult situations that we find ourselves in, that you never walk away from us even when we choose to walk away from you. We're sorry that so often in our lives we do chase after and give our loyalties to things They promise so much but are so hollow and ultimately give us nothing. We're sorry that so often we do that to replace you, that instead of just pursuing you and chasing you and pledging our loyalty to you, we claw after all these other things, hoping that they might make a difference. But thanks that, again, you stay faithful to us even when we walk away from you. And so I want to pray for those who are going through a really difficult time right now for all sorts of different reasons. I pray for a tangible sense of your presence with them, that you would help us all to know that you are with us as we head into this week and help us to find ways of reminding ourselves of that so that we don't end up walking away thinking that we're all in this on our own. But we recognise that as we follow you, Jesus, you've done everything to show us how much you love us and how much you're for us. In your name we pray. Amen.